you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, and that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And so here we are. We're in the middle, I guess, of week four, if you will, and a lot of goings on happening. Uh, definitely some big news. We will get to that in just a little bit, but plenty to talk about. We'll have Adam Rank with his weekly starts and sits. We'll also look at some of the guys that you might have snagged off the waiver wire, figuring out whether or not you should start them this week. Plus, uh, we'll talk about maybe some guys that you might want to think about putting on the trading block or not. We'll kind of get through a list of names and figure out whether or not now is the time to start moving some of these folks. But in the meantime, before we dive into any of that, let's talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire, as we always do. Murph, how are you feeling on this Wednesday? I know some big news here. We'll get to it. Uh, kind of going to shake some things up, I would think, in fantasy leagues. 
Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'm feeling generally good. I've had some good luck on the waiver wire. McKinnon was a big one for me. The one thing I've been happy about is, uh, and these guys we talked about in the show quite a bit, is like someone like a Darrell Henderson or a Brandon Ayuk. Um, I drafted those guys really thinking that maybe later on in the fantasy season they would, uh, you know, appear in my lineups and and you know contribute for me. Uh, that happened a lot quicker than I, I thought. Uh, with you know, Ayuk had a big week, and I think Henderson's had a good two week stretch there. So these guys have been rotated in earlier on so my my draft strategy of getting these uh younger guys who may be part of like a committee thing i know the niners had some wide receiver issues it's paid off uh, you know paid dividends uh, quite early so i'm pleased myself yeah i think it's just sort of a reminder to everyone that those middle to late round picks in drafts aren't always throwaways. I mean, there are opportunities to go out and find guys who can be productive. Uh, and certainly in mm-hmm. your case, getting Henderson and Ayuk is, is that case. It's funny too. I, I was uh, doing a radio hit uh, with the station in San Francisco and they were asking about wide receiver waiver wire pickups. And I suggested Brandon Ayuk, not thinking that in San Francisco, there's going to be a lot of very Niner favorite, Niner uh, friendly fantasy leagues. And mm-hmm. the hosts were like, oh yeah, no, Brandon Ayuk's been gone for a long time <laughs> in all of our yeah. leagues here. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had a deeper league as well. And it's just one of those things where I had, I, I took those guys and I just had patience. I, I thought their time would come probably closer to like week 10, but it's, uh, you know, it's happening in week four. So uh, no complaints from me. Absolutely. So uh, always something to keep an eye on when you're making your drafts. Just think ahead, just uh, how things may go when you get toward the middle part of the season. All right. It is Wednesday. So that means we get to talk to our pal Adam Rank and bring him in and uh, again, rocking the specs uh, on a Wednesday, which I always certainly appreciate. How are we feeling uh, What about a quarter of the way through the, the regular season? How are we feeling right now? Yeah, the the thought struck me last night where I'm like, oh, after this week's games, we'll be a quarter of the way through. And so I'm a little encouraged. I'm like, all right, cool. I can, I I think we might be able to do this. And also, by the way, I promised my doctor that I wouldn't, I, I wear my contacts way too much. And, you know, we're on the screens so much. So I'm like, you know what? I can't like until noon, I won't put on my contacts. So you always catch me in the morning. So this is why I'm bespectacled. Eye health, kids. It is important. Please take care of your eyes because they will take care of you later on. All right, let's dive into some of the fantasy news and the big one that broke on Tuesday morning. Several members of the Tennessee Titans, three players, five staff members tested positive for COVID-19. So both the Titans and the Vikings, whom they played last Sunday, are banned from in-person activities until at least Saturday. And then news hit on Wednesday morning that the game between the Titans and the Steelers, which was scheduled for Sunday, has been postponed to either Monday or Tuesday. We will certainly know more about that uh, as the week goes on. So, I mean, Rank, this is this is really uncharted territory. Uh, I, I know there have been postponements before for you know whether what's weather issues we've seen for fires, for for floods, that sorts of thing. Uh, but if you have a Titan or if you have a Steeler, how are you handling this right now? Well, I, I believe that you hit the nail right on the head. We've seen it. You know, living in Southern California, we go through a pretty severe wildfire seasons. And there was a time when I had season tickets for the Chargers and there was a Monday night game. Or, yeah, there was a Sunday game that got moved to Monday in Arizona. I believe they played the Dolphins in that one. Mm-hmm. And it might have even been Jane, Junior Seau's return or something crazy like that. So we're – and, you know, anybody who lives, you know, in, in the South who's had to deal with hurricanes, you know, we've – We've kind of been through this before, so I try to – the one thing I try to do is is to think of the human element first and be like, I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's being taken care of. And I think fantasy-wise, this stuff will work itself out 
And so, I mean, not to, I, I, I always feel weird talking about it because I'm like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, what do I do with Derrick Henry? You're like, listen, we want to make sure everybody's safe. I want to stress that as much as possible. But I moved Derrick Henry to a flex spot because, you know, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. And I don't even want to make mm-hmm. jokes or anything about it, but it's just kind of the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I, I feel you 100% on this, and it is, is always sort of the battle we have on whether it's this show, whether it's Fantasy Live, anything we do is sort of trying to balance uh, the seriousness of what the issue is with the fact that we are you know, supposed to talk about fantasy football. That is our jobs. And so, uh, again, I, I echo what Rank said. We hope that everybody's okay. We were certainly watching uh, the results not only in Tennessee but in Minnesota as well to see what happens with the Vikings there. So that's first and foremost. Uh, I would say, you know, trying to pivot this to fantasy. Uh, I think some of the best advice I have seen is, uh, you know, right mentioned putting people in your flex spot to give you that flexibility to to see what happens. Also, uh, you know, if it does get postponed and maybe moved to later in the season, treat this sort of as a bye week for any Titans or Steelers players you may have, sort of adjust your lineups accordingly. And, uh, you know, we will know more when we get more news and, uh, and try to figure it out from there. All right, more just straight football type things. Chris Godwin is dealing with a hamstring injury, and the reports are he could miss multiple games. The early reports right now are that it seems like he's pretty certain to miss this week's game. So look, we saw a couple of weeks ago when Godwin was out with the concussion, everybody ran to the waiver wire to pick up Scotty Miller. That didn't necessarily work out all that great. But do we go back to the Scotty Miller well again if Godwin is out this week? Haven't we been burned by this enough? But (laughs) when you look at the game that he had in Denver, and I know that a lot of people were clowning us, like, thanks for telling us to sit Tom Brady. You realize he threw two one-yard touchdowns to Mike (laughs) Evans, okay? So it's not – I don't know. I'm not ready to say that Tom Brady is back and that he's somebody that needs to be started every week. And that filters down to guys like Scotty Miller. Yeah, there is an opportunity – for him to go out there and score double-digit points. And if you're really in a pinch right now, then certainly go look at him. But I think that we're now starting to see some other receivers really step up in high-volume passing offenses. Justin Jefferson, kind of not one because it's the Vikings. But I look at a guy like <laughs> T. Higgins, and, and you just think about how much the Bengals are going to be throwing the football because Zach Taylor's dialing up plays like he's playing Madden, which I love. And I would rather have a guy in a, in a more pass-friendly offense than anybody who's on a team where you're like, gosh, I hope Brady's looking his way and they're not giving the ball to Leonard Fournette when they get near the end zone and things like that. Yeah, this has been a weird start to the season because I know there were so many expectations about the Buccaneers. We, we saw what their receivers did last year with Jameis Winston, and then they bring in Tom Brady and they, get, they go and sign Leonard Fournette after he was released by the Jaguars. But – uh, this offense has not, I don't think, completely found itself through the first three weeks. And I don't love Brady's matchup against the Chargers this week. I don't think it's going to be great. Uh, I do think you're right that the the two one-yard touchdowns sort of disguised what was otherwise just a, a so-so week for him. And I do wonder whether or not this offense is going to be the same without Chris Godwin because a couple weeks ago it really sort of sputtered when he wasn't there. So I'm not I'm not advocating you go back to Scotty Miller. I think the guys you mentioned are some good options there, whether it's Jefferson or Higgins. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, is another one that I would take a chance on before I went back to the Scotty Miller well. Uh, I just... 
I'm starting to sort of rethink that maybe it'll take a little longer for the Buccaneers to get clicking than we had anticipated at the start of the year. I guess that's fine. I also say this as somebody who traded for Chris Godwin a week ago, and now I'm I'm hoping that he gets. Oh, uh, now you want him back. I see. I see where your head's at. It is, it is interesting too, and it's and if I can speak on this for a moment, and I don't mean to derail the show, but it goes back to last week when we were talking about, and I'm filming a P. I filmed the PSA on this, so go check that out later. But I can I can have a little bit more time to talk about it here. It's the whole thing with with Gardner Minshew. And everybody just, you guys are clowns. You don't know what you're talking. I'm like, okay, listen, Gardner Minshew was one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league two weeks ago, three touchdowns in each of his first two games. If you would have told me going into that game against the Dolphins, who at the time were, had given up the most fantasy points to receivers, that he was going to throw the ball 42 times, you would have been insane, insane not to start him. <laughs> insane. And then, if Brady and I know it's it's a it's a results business or whatever, Brady throws two one yard touchdowns that could have easily gone to Leonard Fournette, and then where would where would the uh, thanks for telling me to bench Brady people would have been? <laughs> just the only thing that I ask is just have a little bit of perspective. Yes, it's like look at listen, you're at a blackjack table, you got a nineteen. I'm advising you not to hit that 19. Now, you might draw a two and think that I'm a clown for telling you otherwise. I'm just telling you that more often than not, it's not going to work in your favor. So, and I'm, I know it sounds like I'm making an excuse for God, but I'm just trying to, to let people know like when you're making these decisions, factor these things in because it is kind of important. Yeah, you know, I, I, I jokingly always say they don't ask how, they ask how many. But the how sometimes is important. And uh, the way we sort of come to these decisions is by looking at all the information that we have in front of us. And also remember, predicting the future is hard. This is still a human endeavor, and there's going to always be a level of unpredictability in, uh, behind it. So uh, that's a long way of saying that, yeah, we screwed up for Gardner Minshew, but we had our reasons. <laughs> so uh, please sort of respect that. Uh, Daryl Henderson is expected to get the start on Sunday against the New York Giants. Sean McVay says he's sort of earned it by the way he's played the last couple of weeks. I, I know the first few weeks we were sort of trying to spin the wheel of Rams running backs and figure out who it's going to be. Are we starting to feel more comfortable that Daryl Henderson is is the man for the job back there? Yeah, I mean, and again, this goes back to the opportunity and is this player performing? And you know, I, I can't remember if it was Kate or Michelle who made this point on Twitter. I think I saw this this morning about like if this had been Cam Akers, like everybody would have been all about it. Like, yep, like this guy's amazing. He's he's carrying the ball twenty times a game. He's getting one hundred and twenty scrimmage yards. There's no doubt that I'm starting this player. But just because Daryl Henderson's a second year guy, everybody's like, nope, I can't, I can't, I can't have any part of this. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the hot hand here, and that's I mean. In week 10, we might look back on this and be like, oh, remember when Daryl Henderson's a thing? But I'm playing for the right now. And if I was fortunate enough to grab Daryl Henderson off the waiver wire over the last couple of weeks, or if you were in, you know, intuitive enough to draft him, then play him without hesitation. He's got a great matchup this week against the Giants. So, yeah, I, I don't hesitate at all. I think this is great. Yeah, I so I, I went to the start of the season, and Daryl Henderson was the guy I targeted in drafts. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I thought he was going to do what he's done the last couple of weeks. I thought it was going to still be something of a committee situation. I, obviously, you can't anticipate injuries. 
I, I just thought that, you know, look, Akers is going to get his. Henderson's going to get some. Malcolm Brown may get a few carries here and there. I just felt like, uh, you know, it's it's sort of like kind of like uh, getting a mid-shelf whiskey, right? Daryl Henderson was that guy who was the, the nice intersection of draft price and production. So that's sort of why I landed on him. So it has sort of worked out the last few weeks. I do think at some point later in the season, it may get a little bit messy. But for now, look, Henderson's the guy. The matchup is great. Why not roll with it? And you're right. If it was Cam Akers, everybody would be taking a victory lap and saying, we knew that the rookie was going to break out. Uh, who knows? I mean, maybe by like November, we'll be taking that victory lap anyway. Right. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dallas Goddard is expected to miss quote at least a couple of weeks as he is dealing with an injury. Uh, I mean, first off, the Eagles just can't seem to keep anyone healthy. The wide receivers are struggling. Uh, now Dallas Goddard is going to be out for a couple of weeks. I know Greg Ward stepped in and played well, and he's certainly, I think, a deeper waiver wire pull for a lot of people this week. But, I mean, at what point, with all these injuries and with Carson Wentz struggling, do we just decide to start streaming defenses against the Eagles? Ooh, that's that's not bad. Although I will caution, at the end of last year, because as you say, this is an annual tradition for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles to battle through these injuries, Carson Wentz really started to pick it up. And Carson Wentz was playing really well down the stretch, finding guys like Greg Ward and people that you might not have heard of. So I'm not completely ready to get rid of the Eagles. And I I, I understand what, what, what you're thinking, that streaming these defenses, uh, yeah, because they the injury on the offensive line to start the year has not really been solved. So perhaps this is a sneaky option moving forward. I just also, you know, but they're down the list for me. I mean, obviously the, the key one, is everybody knows you're going to start against the Jets. The thing that you need to start doing is looking weeks ahead for the Jets' opponents. And the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals might not be available on your waiver wire because they're act, the Cardinals' defense is actually playing pretty well this season. But they got the Cardinals next week. So today, see if the Cardinals are available. And the Cardinals actually don't have a terrible matchup this week going up against Carolina. But go pick up the Cardinals. And actually, you know what? That's a pro tip for uh, anybody who's got the Steelers this week, too. Because um, I know I do, uh, yeah. and that's that's what I've been doing. Going, who's, who are the yeah. Cardinals playing? I'm probably going to give the Eagles thing a shot. I really – I started getting into the, the Washington football team as a team that I was I was streaming, but, but Chase Young now looks like he could miss his first NFL game, so that should hurt them because they've been getting to the quarterback a lot. So there's some options. So it, it's an interesting thing. I'm, I I – out of habit, I always I always try to advise people like, "Hey, break your habits." We've been talking about this for a week about how the Vikings aren't a good defense anymore. I mean, you got to get that out of your mind. Like it's just it's just no longer good. It's like when a restaurant changes ownership, and you're like, "We used to love that place. Well, now it sucks. Don't go there." But I'm I'm with that. But I'm I'm guilty of that with the Eagles because I'm still like, "No, nah, but it's still the Eagles." Like no matter, I'm, I, I really need to start changing my mind and get a little bit smarter about that. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, the, here's the downside: is Carson Wentz has two interceptions in each game he's played this this season. The problem, uh, at least in the short term, with trying to stream against the Eagles is that the next three teams they play, you're not going to find their defenses on the waiver wire. They have San Francisco this week. It's Pittsburgh next week. It's Baltimore the week after that. Uh, you're not going to find any of those defenses on any waiver wire. Why was this a question league. then? I don't know. I was thinking, like, you know, like sometimes you get a little loopy and you ask the question and you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't the great question to ask. But, you, you know, hey, at least we, we put it out in the ether, right? 
Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, it, it's good because if anybody wants to invest a little bit in defenses, because I know when you're playing DFS, you're playing DraftKings, that people throw away the defenses way too much. And, you know, and if you're ever deciding, hey, should I really spend on the 49ers this week? Think about because normally you'd be like Eagles. No, but now you're like, oh, maybe that being said, I'm probably still taking the Broncos or the Jets. The Jets are <laughs> sneaky this week. You know, it's funny. I just and this was not planned, but just kind of a, a for me, a DFS strategy is like I go and I find the spots where I think I want to spend a little bit more and I will fill those in. I feel like it's easier to go and find value picks at, say, running back and wide receiver because there are so many more options. So defense tends to be you know, one of the places where maybe I go a little bit pricier because I just want to make sure I have that good matchup because I don't want to throw those those potential opportunities away. So there you go. Uh, maybe San Francisco is a place you do want to spend some of your DraftKings salary this week. And speaking of which, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. So download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so we have got to the point of the season where you are probably going to have to make some moves on your roster. You may have injuries. You may have guys who are just struggling at the start of the year and maybe your team is sort of teetering and not maybe playing as well as you want so we're going to start talking about some guys that maybe you put on the trading block or maybe you don't and you wait to see if they're going to turn around and pick things up in the few weeks to come so i've got five names here of guys and we'll bat around whether or not uh, you should think about trading them away maybe you trade for them maybe you just sit sit tight and uh, wait for them to actually perform the way you expect it so let's start with Lamar Jackson, he had a rough night on Monday, just 97 passing yards, did chip in with 83 rushing yards, so that certainly was nice. But uh, through the first three weeks of the season, he's just the QB 12, certainly not giving you the return that you invested when you spent a high draft pick on him. So, I mean, Adam Rank, when you look at Lamar Jackson, are you putting him on the trading block or do you just wait for him to come back and be Lamar Jackson? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely not putting him on the trading block and would go the other way and try to acquire him if possible. I know that right now it looks a little bad because Joe Burrow has more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson, at least in the league I was in. I have weird quarterback scoring. But I need to <laughs> remind people, I know that Monday night sucked, especially for my friend Craig Madden. Hey, buddy, what's up? Beat you this week. Do you feel good about me getting auto-picked Russell Wilson? I hope so. In any event, here's my thing. Remember last year, the Ravens were 2-1. and one. They lost to the Cleveland Browns, okay? And then they went out and won 12 consecutive games. So do not get too down about this poor performance. This is actually – this this sets them up for another run through the AFC. So it was terrible. Mark Andrews was dropping a lot of passes. Don't freak out about him either. It's one week. You move on, you're fine. Stop freaking out. And if somebody in your league is, then you go out and you make sure to um, you make sure to uh, grab him off your uh, off your off your friend's roster. Sorry, people are all over. Why is everybody on my case? You published Stardom <laughs> Cinema today, and everybody's like, I need to I need to shut off my Slack. Is what I do. I'm so sorry. People are like, yeah, can you not know? Can you not see in the newsroom that I'm on a I'm on a TV screen? This is what happens when you're in demand like this. Uh, I, I will say this. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, don't worry about Lamar Jackson. In fact, you know, your, your comment in the first segment about 
sort of looking at how things go, right, and actually analyzing the game, I think speaks volumes to this Lamar Jackson mild panic that might be happening. If Mark Andrews catches a few of those balls, if, if Hollywood Brown snags a few catches, then Lamar's night looks completely different. Maybe if the Ravens don't go away from running the football like they did effectively in the first couple of drives, maybe that night looks different for Lamar Jackson. And instead of the QB 12, he's somewhere in the top 10, maybe top eight, and we're not as panicked about what's going on. So I'm not out on Lamar. I don't think you freak out about him. And I also don't want to hear from all the people who are like, this is why you don't draft a quarterback early, because oh. I still think bigger things are coming. Because you know, those people are coming. Like they That's are, they are, they're sharpening their knives and they're ready to come for us. So, okay, let me ask you this then, Marcus. I'm sorry, now I'm hijacking another segment. It's okay. If, if you have – you drafted Daryl Henderson. So now can mm-hmm. you take victory laps on everybody who drafted Kenyon Drake and be like, oh, see? This is why you don't draft a running back early. What, what, <laughs> what, what? I mean, I think analytics Twitter actually is doing that. Uh, but I don't think fantasy football Twitter has clued into that just yet. <laughs> So uh, I know it's it's like two different worlds that sort of mash up every once in a while, but I think in this in this respect, those two kind of they kind of stay separate at least for this moment. Uh, another quarterback though who has struggled to start the year is Deshaun Watson. He's the QB seventeen. Uh, you know, the, the Texans' offensive line still looks like a mess when it comes to pass blocking. Watson has been up and down to start the season. Uh, are we are we dealing him, or are we still sort of believing in Deshaun's talent at this point? I would stay put. But I would definitely be working the waiver wire and figure out some matchups where we might not be playing Deshaun Watson this season. And it's disappointing. And this let this be another one of Rank's little pro tips for you is to always check your your league scoring because it, it could have a huge impact. Because even before this year, Deshaun Watson has traditionally been one of those quarterbacks who's been amongst the most sacked in the league, which you would think is weird. You're like, this is an athletic guy that gets out of the pocket, but he gets sacked a lot. And I'm in a league where you get points taken away for sacks. So I actually avoided him in that league. But I think overall, what we're seeing is that number one receivers turn out to be pretty important. You know, it's it, it, apparently DeAndre Hopkins was probably worth the headache that he was causing. <laughs> unless, unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're annually just creating – superstar wide receivers i think it's best (laughs) to if you have a good receiver hold on to them and i'm speaking to an audience of one right now i'm talking to you ryan pace so here's my thing though (laughs) i know we're talking about deshaun watson and this is i listen i legitimately would keep him i don't think you're going to get the return on the investment and then i look at some of the matchups and i'm going to say you know what i might be streaming joe burrow i might find a quarterback who's on a hot streak that week uh, probably not Mitch Trubisky, but you know somebody, but uh, and find somebody. But I'm definitely staying put. Yeah, I, I'm staying put partially because one, the thing I think I've always found is that trading quarterbacks, first of all, is hard. Yeah, because there's just so many of them that it's like, yeah, somebody will offer me a quarterback in a deal, and I'm like, why? I can go to the waiver wire, and they're like five guys that I think I could pick up and get me through the next couple of weeks. So that that's part of it. The other part of it is I think at some point. We'll find some consistency in that passing game. I mean, at first it was Will Fuller. Then it was Brandon Cooks. Then there was some combination of Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. So I think at some point Deshaun will start to find a little bit of a rhythm and start to get a little bit better. But uh, I do think the point is fair that maybe our expectations of him being a top five quarterback, maybe we were a little bit too high on him and maybe we didn't realize 
how much of an impact losing Deshaun or uh, losing uh, DeAndre Hopkins would be to this offense. So maybe we sort of start to redo some things. And Bill O'Brien, please get, get him some protection. Get get him an offensive line that can help. I mean, look at what happened with Andrew Luck. Right, they went oh. years without giving him an offensive line to protect him. He was beaten and battered for years. Ends up, you know, retiring early. We certainly don't want that for Deshaun Watson. So maybe I don't know. Maybe help out your franchise quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, and I rant. and if I may, it's one of those things. I yes. know everybody just acts like we were dragging Bill O'Brien for getting David Johnson, no matter how you feel about him or anything like that. But I think the biggest issue I had is it, it's okay, fine. You're going to trade your number one wide receiver. It hasn't really hurt the, the Giants because they're still terrible. They're going to be terrible. So <laughs> the thing is, is that these receivers were getting first round picks in return. Like you have an immediate need on the offensive line. Get the first round pick more than anything from anybody because you could have gone out and taken Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Devonta Freeman just signed any of those options would be the same as David Johnson. And so to me, that's the most disappointing thing is like if they would have gotten a stud offensive lineman. And I think for the giants, it'll eventually start showing out where, you know, they got Kevin Zeitler and they started drafting offensive linemen. The Texans aren't even doing that. And that's the thing that's the most frustrating. And it actually hurts Deshaun Watson moving forward. And if, and if I'm the bears, I call up and I'm like, dude, we'll give you Mitch and a second right now for Deshaun <laughs> for next year because we got Nick Foles. That, I mean, that honestly might be enough considering the deals that Bill O'Brien has accepted. That that might, you know, throw in like a ho-ho and a 10-speed, and I think you might have a deal <laughs> uh, to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, you mentioned Kenyon Drake a little bit earlier as a guy that, hey, you know, you drafted him in the first round or early second round, and it's not quite working out. I mean, he's the RB28 right now and you know he's been tweeting at people about hey you know believe in me if you don't if you don't like my production drop me and let me bless someone else's roster then he went out and he wasn't great against the lions uh this week he's got the panthers is this is this like do you wait and try to maybe sell high on him or do you think that this is maybe the start of good things potentially coming for Kenyon drake well i'm definitely staying put on Kenyon drake I will, I will put that out there I, I i should learn how to read a rundown because i thought Kenyon drake was the next <laughs> player and i thought i was teeing you up beautifully with that whole thing like this my thing is with Kenyon drake is that he is still getting the majority of the snaps he's getting the majority of the touches it's a it's it's one thing if chase edmonds was there splitting 50 50 with him and you'd be like okay now this is a concern I just think that, that it hasn't been a proper execution so far, and that's fine. The matchup against the Lions we thought was going to be a good one didn't quite work out that way. That's fine again. Now they're going up against the Carolina Panthers, who have allowed a top three running back in every game this season. I'm not panicking until this game, and hopefully this is when he breaks out and he goes through. And even if he does, I know there's going to be some, some uh, motivation to kind of sell high I just when a when a player finally breaks out, I'm just happy that he's finally breaking out, and I'm like, let's go, <laughs> let's start winning a bunch of games. So I'm looking forward to a great week from Kenyon Drake. I'm staying put, and I will not move him. There are there are some players on which you know I am I will admit I get a little bit bullheaded because I was very much on that bandwagon, and Kenyon Drake is one of them. I had high hopes for Kenyon Drake, so the stubborn side of me is is saying I'm going to hold on to this thing. 
I will admit, if it doesn't happen this week against Carolina, I'm going to start to get a little bit worried. The other downside of that is if it doesn't happen this week against Carolina, it becomes that much harder to trade him. So, you know, I think in, in some ways or another, I think I'm, I'm forcing myself to stay put. Uh, but I understand. Look, I get it. If you have Kenyon Drake and you've been frustrated and he balls out this week, I can understand putting him on the trade block, trying to see what you can get for him. The schedule the rest of the way is sort of mixed. There are some decent matchups. There are some bad matchups. So I can understand the, the sort of panic there. And I do appreciate you trying to team me up, but I know we have a control room full of people that are following the rundown. So I, you know, I don't want to get yelled they at are, in my ear or on Slack. Uh, I don't want to get yelled at on, on Slacker in my ear because uh, I went out of order and, and maybe threw some things off of there. But I do appreciate the effort. I, <laughs> I, I do. Um, Robbie Anderson is the wide receiver eight. And this is a guy that I just didn't understand when he signed down there in Carolina. It didn't seem like a fit. He was a deep threat with Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't throw the football deep. But he's played well. DJ Moore has sort of been the question mark. Uh, I mean, when you look at Robbie Anderson, is this a sell high or, or does he just keep this rolling all year? Well, I... I'm probably going to talk myself out of this because at first I'm like, I'm going to stay put because I do. I like the offense. I mean, Joe Brady, Matt Rule, you're like, this is a cool offense to be a part of. And when Christian McCaffrey returns, they should start putting up a lot of points. And it does. And it goes back to that question. I know we're not asking it about DJ Moore if we're panicking on him or not. But it's like, this is where things become concerning because Robbie Anderson has looked great and he's getting targeted and he's getting opportunities. And again, I know that Everybody is always out to make a deal and they want to, hey, everybody's wheeling and dealing. I want to make trades. You're playing fantasy. You want to have fun. I, I certainly understand that. But I get very selfish in the fact that, oh, like this guy is playing well. I want to continue to use him. I know that it, at some point this this could this could uh, this could end. I mean, we could be at a, at a spot at like week 12 where DJ Moore is crushing it. And we're like, hey, remember when Robbie Anderson was a thing? So it could come back and bite. But you also, like, as, as fun as it is to sit here and be like, yeah, dude, I like if it was me, I would flip Robbie Anderson right now for Patrick Mahomes. You have to realize that somebody on the <laughs> other end has to be willing to, to do it. And I think that the problem is, is that a lot of people will still have that, 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 uh, that preseason ranking of him in there. And I think that that's, that's what fantasy managers do. If you don't have the player – you don't look at what Robbie Anderson's done and been like, I need to go out and get him. You think of how you thought of him before the season started of like, I don't even know why this guy's in Carolina. So if you approach somebody and you're like, hey, I'll give you Robbie Anderson for Mike Evans, in which you might think is fair or whatever, somebody's going to say no way. Like you're never going to get the value out of him. So I might as well just continue to to hold steady with, with, with Robbie. I, I think that's a fair point because I, I think that is also the thing it's a thing that I, I have to try to sort of, uh, you know, impress upon people. We get we get you know, people asking uh, advice about trades all the time, sending us offers saying, you know, should I take this? Should I not? Or should I offer this player? And what should I get in return? And I, part of what I have to remind people is that, look, it also depends on how the other person values the player. That's how that's why trades are sort of tricky. That being said, I, I would still try to maybe move Robbie Anderson. And I'm saying this thinking that, there's a very good chance he keeps this up all season long, right? Like there's a very good chance that Robbie Anderson finishes as a top 20 wide receiver. Uh, I still think that, you know, maybe you sort of point out, maybe you, you, you copy and paste his stat line when you put, when you put the trade offer out there so that the person sees it and they think, Oh, Hey, Hey, maybe this guy's playing really a lot better than I thought. 
Uh, and look, I'm willing to sort of take the risk that he continues this, but I'll just throw it out there. See what I can get back in return. Maybe I can and, and strengthen my running back spot. Maybe I can find a, a couple of, of wide receivers that I can platoon or flex on a regular basis and, you know, keep my fingers crossed that maybe this Robbie Anderson explosion doesn't continue. But, you know, then again, I also remind myself that he is one of the newest Adam Gase expats. And those guys, <laughs> are, I think, are always destined to succeed. So maybe I've talked myself out of trading Robbie Anderson in just that one sentence. I've sort of, I've sort of trade. You sort of talked me into trading him by including his stat line. Is it? That's a, that's a, that's a fun little pro tip. We should, we should start having little right. pops that come up like pro right. tip. Pro tip. But ding, can I tell you? Like, I'm not a great trader as it is. I've mm-hmm. been, I've been, oh, dude, I've been making trades all over the place. And in a league that I do with stepmom Warren, last week I had the number one waiver spot because it doesn't reset until you mm-hmm. use it, and so I was able to get Mike Davis. And so I took Mike Davis and I traded him for CeeDee Lamb. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to own this guy because CeeDee Lamb, slot, (laughs) Seahawks, didn't work out. But I think long term, that'll end up working out for me because Mike Davis has got a a small shelf life. The player that I traded him to has Christian McCaffrey, so I thought it was fair. So sometimes you got to look at situations like that, too. If you're in a a bind and you notice somebody like, oh, like – this person would probably need Robbie Anderson or whatever it is. That's also something to look forward to. Sorry. Yeah, that, that, no, no, that's, I mean, that's how it looked. That's how it sort of went down. And when I, I, I acquired Chris Godwin, I traded Dalvin Cook. And my thought process was, hey, man, the Vikings offense, it kind of stinks right now. I'm worried about, uh, I'm worried about Dalvin Cook. And then, you know, Chris Godwin, I mean, he's Chris Godwin. And then he pulls a hamstring and is out for a few weeks while Dalvin Cook goes for 180 yards and scores a touchdown. And then I felt kind of and silly. I got the on Texans Sunday this week, too. Yeah, yeah. So now I feel kind of silly, and uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. All right. I still You'll be two fine. and one. I'm two and one in that league. I think it's going to be fine. Especially Go pick up Christian Alexander Madison. Yeah, good call. Good call. Should maybe I'll do that and see how that happens. Uh, all right. So last one, Johnu Smith, who is the number two tight end in fantasy football, and here we are three weeks into the season, and tight end is a mess again. I have been on the Johnu bandwagon all off season, but for people who you know maybe are just starting to pay attention. Is he worth trying to trade, or do you hang on to him? Well, I gotta. I'm gonna have a two part answer. I know that I I notified our producer that it said I'm gonna stay put, so I know they're gonna fly the little pop that says stay put, which is fine. I feel like thank you, thank you, I, thank you, Ryan. I like <laughs> listen. I just want to make sure I don't ruin the production. So if you had like I I, I drafted Blake Jarwin, and so Johnny Smith is somebody who I drafted. I actually have to keep him. I'm not trading him away or doing anything like that because it makes sense. Of course, he's my tight end now. But if you were, and this is one of the things that we advised during the preseason, that even if you were drafting Travis Kelsey, for instance, or one of the high-end tight ends, that you should probably take somebody like John U. Smith because we don't know what this season's going to look like with, with, with no training camp and possibly more injuries. COVID, we're starting to see that a little bit. Make sure that the positions you don't normally double up on, you do. So if you do have Johnny Smith and you have Travis Kelsey and you can go out and take advantage of a team that drafted George Kittle or somebody who has who's, who was starting Dallas Goddard last week, then yeah, I kind of like that as well. But if, for me, I'm in the situations I'm in, I have to keep them. But I think that he's a great, tra- he's a great trade, ch- trade chip if you have some depth at that position. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say that I'm I'm staying put on him simply because 
uh, tight end again has become volatile. And and this is a guy that is, is showing that he's going to perform, that's showing that he's going to get opportunities in the Titans offense. He is also, as I talked about with Kenyon Drake, one of those players that I stand for in the uh, the offseason. I, you know, I, I was waving the flag for him in the offseason. And so part of me is, is this is my way of sort of, uh, you know, it's like walking around with a fancy new watch. You're like, hey, see what I got? I got a Jonu Smith. Uh, so that's part of the reason I'm staying put. But also part of it is just that, you know, tight end is just volatile. And I, I think I'm sort of hesitant to give him up. But I think you make a good point where if you have two guys, if you did get a Kelsey early and you got a Jonu Smith late, then I think you're sort of wise to, you know, maybe see if you can dangle him out there, see what you can get in return. Uh, I wish I had drafted him in a league. I, I did in one league go George Kittle early and Blake Jarwin late. And so the last couple of weeks, I've been rolling with Kyle Rudolph. And I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Not happy about that, it. That, that's happened. That was, that was a move I was making with Kittle and Blake Jarwin. And there is only, there's only two leagues. I, 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 I did have the Blake Jarwin and John New because I got caught. But yeah, I was, actually, I was actually running through the scenarios. I'm like, what is the situation? I think Travis Kelsey is the only situation. So I was speaking to a very narrow audience of people who might have both of those players. But I do like him a lot, and I do think, too. I, think, I, know, I know he wasn't part of the discussion here, but I would tell anybody, and this probably goes back to the Lamar Jackson chat, anybody who has Mark Andrews and is super upset about him, right now is that opportunity to go and try to take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I still think he's one of the top tight ends. Oh, yeah. He just had a bad he had a bad night, and he had a bad night in a primetime island game where literally everybody could see it. Uh, if Mark Andrews has four drops at you know 10 a.m. Pacific uh, on a Sunday where there are like eight other games going on, it mm-hmm. probably flies under the radar a little bit more, and <laughs> people don't freak out about it as much. <laughs> Uh, such are the problems of playing Monday night football games. Uh, all right. You know, inspired by ongoing conversations with players, the NFL, NFL Players Association, and Players Coalition together launched NFL Votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. All right. So I know Twitter's had jokes about TNF this week. It's the Broncos. It's the Jets. On paper, it's certainly not appealing. But we see said that about Browns and Bengals a couple weeks ago, and that game turned out to be really fun. So I'm trying to keep a positive outlook about this one this week. So let's talk about this TNF game. Uh, I know there aren't a lot of, of you know, fantasy parts that sort of get you super excited about it. The one thing we do know, though, Rank, is that Brett Rippon is going to be starting at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And let me just, I just, I just got to get this out because this has really been chapping my hide for the last couple of days. It's Rippon. It is not Rippian. I know that's how it's spelled. His uncle is Mark Rippon, who won a Super Bowl for the Washington. Uh, they weren't the FT then, but they, they were the- he won a Super Bowl for Washington in the early '90s. Like I, I just it has bugged me. It is it is just it, it makes my ears burn when I hear people say <laughs> Brett Rippian. It's Rippin. Rippin. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Anyway, Brett Rippin is starting for the Denver Broncos. Uh, does this does this change the way you feel about any of his pass catchers uh, this week? Uh, absolutely. But you're so right. Like it makes us feel so out of date that you guys don't remember Mark Rippon. It's like if you, if, if Fred Durst's nephew started fronting a band and nobody could pronounce his name, you're like, it's Fred Durst's nephew. You know how to, like it wasn't that long ago. Uh, I, you know what? I do love watching young quarterbacks like this get an opportunity because you never, you never know, you know, Nikki Mullins came in. Southern Miss kid, and 
it was fun. Like it was a lot of fun to watch. He was, he was a little bit of a revelation. Rippin, we saw him play in, in college and we're like, okay, this is exciting. He played for a, a fun program. So now he's got an opportunity to go out there. I'm kind of like, I'm not starting him. I'm not feeling great about his wide receivers, mostly okay. because, you know, with Cortland Sutton out, I probably still would have had a little bit of faith in him. Maybe Noah Fant, but yeah, I I don't know. I, it is the Jets, though. Like, it's it's so conflicting. I don't think that it's anything – I don't think that it's anything where, like, in my home leagues, I'm not playing most of these guys. But I think, you know, because DraftKings does do Thursday night contests, like, I think mm-hmm. that could be really fun. I think this is where you would really show your skills as a fantasy football enthusiast if you could navigate <laughs> this Thursday night games in a DraftKings – in a DraftKings game, then I would have a lot of respect for you. I mean, I would say that, it, I, and I, I'm saying this because I was tasked to do this for one of the network shows, was put together a lineup for the Thursday night. Thursday slate. only, right? Uh, Thursday only, Thursday <laughs> only. No offense. Uh, was very top of mind for me. I think I threw in Jerry Judy somewhere in there just to, you know, I don't know, out of hope that maybe something happens. Uh, I also mentioned that it sort of felt like, you know, it really was like trying to do a puzzle with just one piece missing. And you're like, you get to the end, you're like, where is that piece? I can't figure out where it is. That was sort of putting together a, a DraftKings lineup for the Thursday only slate. Uh, <laughs> but does this does this make you feel better about Melvin Gordon? Do you think maybe he just turns around and hands it off to his running back a lot this week? You know what? I was in I was enthusiastic about Melvin Gordon coming into this season and I'm that's why I had to stop myself when I was saying like I'm not starting anybody cuz I really do believe in Melvin Gordon in this game. I I do believe that Rippin will do enough to get him the football not only as a runner but as a receiver as well and I'm hoping we did get to see a small sample size from Rippin uh, on Sunday. But I really do hope that, you know, checking down to Melvin Gordon is a huge part of this offense. So I I would actually put myself, again, in the enthused category for Melvin Gordon. (laughs) I'm enthused. I am. I'm. Hey, look, I'm sort of doubling down on Melvin Gordon because I thought that same thing last week. That's what I anticipated for him last week against the Buccaneers, and it didn't really happen. So maybe... Brett Rippon does what Jeff Driscoll didn't and gets the ball to Melvin Gordon. So I am, I'm sort of with you on that one. He was another guy that I put in my Thursday only uh, DraftKings lineup. I think I went pretty, I went pretty Bronco heavy uh, with that. Now you got KJ Hamler in there. No KJ Hamler. No, I went, Uh, uh, I think it was Fant, Gordon, Judy. uh, I think Brandon McManus might've made an appearance in there too. Uh, the, The one jet I did have, was Braxton Berrios. And I guess I've just described the scenario in which I would start Braxton Berrios, but is there another scenario you could imagine in which you would start Braxton Berrios this week? Probably not. And I listen, I don't wanna I don't wanna besmirch the young man or, or anything like that. But in his his first game with a touchdown, this is in week two, he had eight targets just for last week. If he was heavily targeted, if he was somebody who is getting you know, eight to 10 targets a game, I would feel really good about it. But he's got the ability to to take take the ball to the house. You know, the, the only thing is, it obviously, Thursday night only, DraftKings slates. I will tell anybody this. If you have a, a spot on your roster, if you have somebody who, who you don't need, you're like, why do I still have this player? Somebody just went on IR. Uh, let's say you had Dallas Goddard, for instance, and you're like, okay, well, I have a spot I, that opened up. My thing that I always, even if you're not going to start him, I would go pick him up 
I would pick up Braxton. I would pick up like KJ Hamler and people like this. In the in the event that they break out, then you're like, oh, cool. You've got to jump on the waiver wire. You don't have to go out. Braxton, of course, is the guy who's shown some ability over the last couple of weeks. But then you have him on your roster and you don't have to burn a waiver claim for him. So that's that's a nice little chip. And, you know, if it turns out like, oh, he was a two-week pumpkin, then you just drop him and it doesn't cost you nothing and you're 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 out nothing. You got a free lunch. You're fine. I'm done with that. Uh, I will also say Braxton Berrios to me is like slower Andy Isabella. And that's not really a knock because Andy no. Isabella is like super crazy fast. So to say that you're slower than Andy Isabella, that applies to probably I would think about, you know, 80% of the the world's population. <laughs> um so, like, you know, being being the slower Andy Isabella is not at all an insult. Uh, and that's sort of what I think of Braxton Barrio. So uh, there are very limited chances for me to start him. But I do think if you are playing a Thursday-only DraftKings slate, throw him in there. The, uh, the salary is right. And you never know. Maybe he pops a big play, especially if the Jets are playing. And, and will they have garbage time in this one? I think this game will actually be close enough that there might not be garbage time. Oh, I honestly, I think that everything that we thought about last week, with the Jags Dolphins is going to end up playing out here on <laughs> Thursday night. And so I know, and, and I know it's a joke. I know I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. And listen, I don't, I don't think I'm telling, I'm, I feel like we should be transparent and honest with people as much as possible. I understand that you're looking at this game and you're like, yeah, whatever. We'll see. Like that's, that's how I felt about Cobra Kai where I'm like, how do they make two <laughs> seasons out of something that would be a, a funny 10 minute funnier die video. And yet I'm there till two in the morning on Monday, finishing season two. So I think that this game has an opportunity to be a lot better than people are giving it credit for. And I make your jokes, but when Twitter's blowing up and I'm, and I'm trading tweets with, you know, Bob Golick Jr. Or Mike Golick Jr. And, you know, Bob, I wonder if there's a Bob, whatever. And there, there you might know, be one who I there don't might know. be. But I'm out there having a good time on Twitter with all of our Twitter buddies. Who will be laughing? Me. Well, my big takeaway from this entire segment is that I need to put Cobra Kai on. Have you not watched watch. that? Oh my I haven't gosh. watched it yet. I know that we I'm don't. I'm still making way through season two of The Boys. Leave me alone. I know that we don't have time for it. And I'm like sitting there and I'm not going to say which game I haven't watched yet on Game Pass. There's one. Mm -hmm. I'll finish it after this show. Don't worry. But it's like, I've made time to finish Cobra Kai. That's another one of Rank's right. pro tips. So if you could pop that pro tip. I will, I will, I will make time to start and finish Cobra Kai. Uh, speaking of Thursdays, by the way, be sure to check out Fantasy Bites if you haven't already. It is the new fantasy show starring Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and our own Michael F. Florio. Each week, they reveal their favorite fantasy nuggets to give you the edge over your opponent. You can watch it on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, in the NFL Fantasy app on NFL.com and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. All right, it's time for Secure Starts, presented by Visa for peace of mind online. Visa's got you covered. All right, week four starts and sits Adam Rank. Let's just let's just dive right into it. The quarterbacks, uh, we talked about Deshaun Watson earlier in the show. You are still keeping the faith in Deshaun this week, huh? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Deshaun Watson, number one, because the Vikings offense, or excuse me, the Vikings defense is a nice Merlot. They're Vino. <laughs> Vikings in name only, right? That's good. That's clever. Like, give me that I one. I like that. I like that. No, I do. I did that. <laughs> the one thing that I will say is that Deshaun Watson has topped 250 passing yards in every game this season. It's just going to take a couple of plays like this 
to Will Fuller to really get him going. I do believe that the the way to get this this offense going again, Deshaun Watson at some point has to pick it up and put the team on his shoulders and move forward that way. So I, I'm starting Deshaun this week. I'm also going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, you talk about another defense that is there in name only. It's the Seahawks. The Legion of Boom has been replaced. You know, Lex Luthor's gone and they've brought in his cousin, Mark. You know, it's it's a completely different thing going on there. And so <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick is now in that part of the season where he's keeping the young guy that we really want to see on the field on the sidelines. And believe me, the six interception game is looming. And going up against a downtrodden Seahawks defense seems like the proper time to do it because it feels like anytime we really buy in to Ryan Fitzpatrick, it, it ends up not working out for us. But I think that you should feel safe starting him this week against the Seahawks. The Seahawks coming off two impressive wins. I know they're 3-0, but the two impressive wins flying across the country, playing in Miami. I think the Seahawks actually have a, a chance of being upset in this game. So I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mark Luthor, man. What a loser, that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, right facts. By the way, you should use that Vino line. You should you should actually throw that out there on Twitter and uh, and, and get that going. So I thought that was pretty good, I have to say. Thank you. Um, running backs. Uh, you got Jonathan Taylor has stepped up and played well. I mean, why not keep riding that one, huh? No, absolutely. And this is, a uh, on paper, it looks like a tough matchup against the Chicago Bears. But you have to realize the Bears have been really good against quarterbacks this season. And they, they've shut down Matt Stafford. Matt Ryan did not have a good game in week three, and it's really been the running that has been able to take advantage of the Bears this season. Eddie Goldman, of course, has not played this year and, and really showed like what an underrated gem he is. So I really expect the Colts to go out there and attack them on the ground. And Austin Eckler is somebody that I feel like we can feel pretty good about again, as long as Justin Herbert is the starting quarterback. I know Coach Anthony Lynn was talking about like, hey, I'm not committed to him. I think Eckler needs to be there being like, bro, come back to him, buy him a ring, get engaged, <laughs> do whatever it is. Because Austin Eckler's look like a completely different player. And again, I don't mean to besmirch Tyrod. We're Tyrod fans. The stronghold has always been pro-Tyrod. But we can't argue with the results and how good this team has looked offensively when Herbert is – it actually goes to Tony Lynn's point of, like, they won in week one with Tyrod. And then Justin Herbert comes in and looks great and they've lost both of those games. So maybe we shouldn't be too mad at the coach, but we don't care about the Chargers. We care about our fantasy <laughs> right. team. And the thing is, we don't care about the wins and losses. We just want you to get the ball to our guys. And, and Justin Herbert's <laughs> done a good job of getting it to Eckler and Keenan Allen and all those guys. So for our own selfish purposes, we want the rookie in there. That's all there is to it. <laughs> uh, at wide receiver, you are, you're back in on OBJ this week, huh? Listen, I've never been out on OBJ. Oh, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's a great teammate. He works hard. He's a great player. The problem is, is this offense. And it's just one of those situations where, you know, he's in a run-first offense. If you gave Austin Dillon a, a Prius and told him to win Daytona, that's kind of an impossible situation, although Austin Dillon's great. <laughs> he could probably do it. So it's tough. So Odell, as great as he is, is now in that category of looking at matchups. And we love this matchup this week against the Dallas Cowboys, who've given up a lot of production to receivers. Now, I know if you look at the season totals, 
a lot of that is conflated because of what Tyler Lockett and what DK Metcalf were able to do last week. But that's the point. Like, good receivers can get over on that team. And we're also going back with Tyler Boyd. And this is an interesting situation. Everybody got kind of clued in to what T. Higgins is all about. But Tyler Boyd is the steadying force in this passing offense. He had 10 receptions last week, 125 yards. If he gets into the end zone, that turns into a monster game. So we love the production out of him. I really love him, and I think that if you're looking for one Cincinnati Bengals receiver to start, it's got to be Tyler Boyd. I feel like he's going to be the most consistent. I mean, he's the guy that I think we all thought was going to be the wide receiver one in Cincinnati. And, you know, it, it maybe took a couple of weeks to sort of pick things up, but uh, he looks like he has taken over that mantle like, like we anticipated he would. Tight end, you know, I'm not even going to say that you're being a homer with Jimmy Graham because I really do think that we, we just have to start playing Jimmy Graham now. Yeah, and honestly, if you look at the matchup, no team has allowed fewer points to tight ends this season than the Indianapolis Colts. So if you're if you're trying to be that person of like, I'm just looking at the, the FPA and I will roll that way, I'm going to look at it a different way. When Nick Foles came into the game, he started targeting Jimmy Graham. And the whole point of this offense, the reason why the Bears put so much emphasis on having 12 tight ends, on bringing in, Jimmy Graham. It's an important part of this offense. They need their Travis Kelsey. Remember, that's where Matt Nagy came from, that Andy Reid system. So they need their Travis Kelsey. And so far, Jimmy Graham has lived up to it. The only difference being now is that they have a quarterback who gives you the safest floor. I don't want to sit here and besmirch Mitch or anything like that. But the one thing about, about Nick Foles is that he gives you such a safe floor. And I think that that helps out and makes Jimmy Graham a great play this week. And you know what? What about TJ Hawkinson? You know, I know I still kind of deflect any notion that this is this is the Gronk of Matt Patricia's offense. But <laughs> it's an obvious like people are always going to say that. It's it's unavoidable. But he's looked pretty good this season. He's a top 10 tight end. He's being consistent. He's being productive. And again, you know, he's getting six targets per game, as you see right there. So I, I'm getting him into my lineup. I think that for the, the difficulties that we've had at tight end so far this season, that he's a pretty secure start. You know, I at some point we should stop comparing people to like all-time greats. We should pick like some, you know, some like hall of very good guys. So maybe yeah. he's like, you know, hey, he's like the Brent Jones of the Detroit Lions <laughs> offense or something like that. You know, he's the next Jay Novacek. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I'm I'm sort of spitballing. Here. No, that's uh, good. <laughs> Jay yeah, Novacek was underrated, by the way. He really was. You know, I mean, he had all those other guys there around him, kind of took the shine. But Jay Novacek had a good long career with the Dallas Cowboys, no doubt. Uh, that was Secure Starts, presented by Visa. So we've done the starts. Now we have to, by right, do the sits. So let's go back to the quarterback position. I'm starting to think Philip Rivers, in general, just he just might be washed. It might be official for him. But they're winning games. I think that it's yeah. just the way that this offense is going to be constructed and the way they're going to want to attack people. Their defense has been really good this season. Phillip Rivers has not been a, in a position where he's had to throw the football. He hasn't gone out there and had to heave those YOLO balls or anything like that. So <laughs> I really appreciate what he's done as a quarterback. But fantasy-wise, it's never going to happen. You know, And this has kind of been a trademark of his career is that any time it seemed like he was on the precipice of a huge game, 
he would flounder and it would just be awful. Maybe this is the game because the Bears have not allowed a, a touchdown to a wide receiver this season. That maybe this is where Phillip Rivers goes 411, three touchdowns, and it just goes crazy. <laughs> I mean, that would be fitting, right? When we all just sort of, you know, give up and, and fold our hand that Phillip Rivers steps up and, and does his thing. Uh, running back, you got a couple of guys, uh, I'll call them old guys, but I mean, Todd Gurley has been sort of mediocre. And then, you know, Leonard Fournette, we just can't figure him out in Tampa Bay. Well, yeah. And, and if we start with Todd Gurley, he's really starting to lose some work you know Brian Hill is coming in and getting some carries too and we've never really seen Todd Gurley be a huge factor as a receiver out of the backfield that is one of the things that made him so great with the LA Rams was that he was so good as a receiver out of the backfield and there's been no consistency with that with the Atlanta Falcons so until he becomes a bigger focal point I think that he's a nice player he's a nice flex option but again I'm not sure that I love this matchup this week against the Green Bay Packers. I know that Alvin Kamara is just coming off of the huge game, but Alvin Kamara did all of his damage seemingly on one play where he took a, you know, where <laughs> Drew Brees hit a, hit the cutoff man and got him an eight yard you know, <laughs> down the sideline and, and took it all the way. And also Leonard Fournette, who is disappointing in the fact that again, we've mentioned this throughout the show is that Brady just decided like, Hey, I want to throw some touchdown passes this week. I'm going to throw a couple of one-yard one yard digs to uh, Mike Evans. And the, the thing is, you can't – like Frank Summers or probably – I think LeGarrette Blunt is probably a more accurate description. Or I can't even remember the kid that had four touchdowns that one night in Indianapolis. Jonas and, Gray. Oh, my gosh, yes. So <laughs> he's like that now. Like it's it's a, it's – you know, again, there's the, there's a running back who's not being featured enough to be trustworthy. And even in a situation where you're scrambling for help at the running back position, it is uh, it's disappointing that uh, we're not getting more out of Leonard Fournette. Uh, wide receivers. You got a couple of guys that uh, had a lot of preseason hype, one of whom has sort of underwhelmed. The other one who's been okay, but uh, a couple of guys that maybe people uh, might be I feel like they're going to be in a bind to start, but you're saying maybe not to. Yeah, I mean, the, the the problem with DJ Moore is that they never went to him until later on, and it was a couple of pop plays where you're like, oh, my God, this is what happens when you throw the ball to DJ Moore. And for me, I'm hoping that that's kind of a clue to Joe Brady of like, hey, like maybe you should throw it to DJ Moore just a little bit. But he's been awfully disappointing, and I really do believe that you probably have some depth on your team, especially if you're in a two-receiver league. Three-receiver league, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to sit DJ Moore. But if you're in a two-receiver league and you've got a good flex running back, like let's say you picked up James Robinson or drafted James Robinson, who's now your flex guy, it's going to be tough for me to get DJ Moore into my lineup this week. So that's a little bit scary, and it's disappointing because I did put a third-round grade on him. And then we also have Terry McLaurin. And this is a tough one, too, because I love Terry McLaurin, and I think that he is a, he's a nice player. The problem is Ron Rivera has come out and already intimated that Dwayne Haskins is not going to be given a lot of opportunity to prove that he should be the quarterback of the football team. And now they've also got a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, who were exposed a little bit on Monday night. And I really do believe this is going to be a bounce-back game, especially for them on defense and if Marcus Peters is back there 
it's going to be a difficult time for Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I agree with all of that. I think, but I, you make the point that look, you, you may be in a situation where you sort of have to start those guys depending on how your roster shakes out. But maybe in, in DFS, you're, you're sort of avoiding those plays this week. Uh, finally, tight ends. Uh, Greg Olson was starting to sort of do some things, especially with Russ cooking, but uh, maybe not this week, huh? Well, I, I don't particularly care for the matchup. That's number one. And number two, it was fun to see him out there. There was there were a couple plays in that game against the Cowboys where Greg Olson was just wide open. Where you're like, oh my gosh, this is it like Greg Olson of all people? He just wide like in the <laughs> middle of the field, nobody around him. I'm gonna sit him this week, and then I do have Hayden Hurst as a sit. And this is, I don't know, like this is an iffy one. Like it's so tough to pick like tight end sits. Like I don't know, like I I don't know if, if you have Hayden Hurst on your roster, it's not like you have three other guys that you can put out there. I, I will say, though, the thing that was the most difficult last week was seeing him catch – well, first of all, he's playing the Bears. So he catches a one-yard touchdown, and you're like, oh, man, this guy – anytime you have a tight end like that, you're like, oh, my God, he's got his touchdown. Like, this is going to be a monster game. You're like, is he going to get 20 points? Could he get 30? This is going to be rad. And that's the only thing he does. And you're like, there's nothing worse than seeing a 7.6 what – what is it, 7.6, 7.1? What is it? Why can't I think of this? It's the worst score you can have if you score a touchdown in PPR. 7.1. And you're like, that's it? Like, I can't be upset at him because he caught a touchdown. <laughs> but then you're like, wait, I'm a fantasy player. I can be upset for the dumbest reasons. So, yes, I am upset, Hayden Hurst. So, unfortunately, you get on this list. And you know what? I really do believe that listen, I, wanna, I don't want to let a, a lot of people know this. The Packers defense – isn't awful. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's not I'm awful. Sure it, it Whatever. Like, I'm, sure, I'm sure it hurts your soul to say that, but it is It is true that the Packers defense is not awful. And, uh, yeah, the Hayden Hurst thing frustrated the heck out of me. Uh, I saw the touchdown. I'm with you. I thought a huge day was coming. 7.1. That should become, like, shorthand for just having a bad – like, a, a a good bad day or a bad good day. I don't know. Just just say he had a 7.1 and everybody knows This is a 7.1 guy. That's it, 7.1. All right, we'll close out the show with some wiretaps, those guys that you may have snagged in your waiver claims, and whether or not you're going to start them this week. So we talked about T. Higgins in that Bengals passing game. They got the Jaguars this week. So if you grab T. Higgins, would you start him in week four? No, I'm I'm, I'm not starting him. I, I'm. He's got to be – I think he's going to be somebody that we're going to start to utilize more as we get into the flex weeks because we'll probably have obviously have thinner rosters – at that point, I really like him, and I like the matchup. I, I Again, though, I look at Tyler Boyd being the number one part of this option or of this offense. A.J. Green's in the mix, too, although I'm a little cooled on A.J. Green. But definitely somebody that I want to have on my roster. I'm just not sure that I'm starting him this week unless there's injury concerns or anything. And as always, make sure you check out our NFL.com fantasy rankings because somebody might be in a different situation than me. I just know personally I'm – Probably not starting him in the leagues that I have him. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not a great matchup, at least on paper, if you look at the FPA. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. And what I saw last week was nice, but he was still very touchdown dependent. If he didn't score the two touchdowns, it's a it's a rather blah game from T. Higgins, and maybe we're not talking about him quite as much. Uh, Miles Gaskin is a guy we've been talking about quite a bit. He looks like he's taken over the lead there in Miami. He's got the Seahawks this week. Would you start Miles Gaskin if you have him? Oh, absolutely. This is I love Miles Gaskin. We, as you said, we talked about him last week. Didn't quite get him into the lineup 
against the the Jags, I was a little apprehensive, but now I feel like this is a pretty good this is a pretty good running back that I think that we can trust. At least he's getting the opportunities. I like that he had five receptions. That is so huge. And so against this Seahawks team, which again has struggled slowing down people throwing the football, I think that he's a great start this week. Especially too, I, I'm for anybody who's missing Christian McCaffrey or anybody like that. Oh, Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I forgot about you, Saquon. That's how much <laughs> that's how much I've already moved on. But I do. I I think that yeah. Unless you're stacked, I can't imagine. I I won't. I, tweet us the roster where you have the conundrum of like you've got these great running backs that Miles Gaskin can't break your rotation. I want to see it. I, I'm just interested. Although I got I got um in a league I've got Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. So yeah, look at Miles. Probably wouldn't start for me. Here's the thing: if if you are that deep at running back in one of your leagues, you probably didn't even put in a waiver claim for Miles Gaskin to be given because yeah. you just don't have didn't the need waste right the fab. Uh, I do like the way they're using him, though, right? You mentioned as a receiver as well, all the targets that he got last Thursday night. The only problem is he's got a, a 7.1 guy on the roster behind him and Jordan Howard who keeps coming in and taking those touchdowns. So if we could somehow you know, get that out of the way and get Miles Gaskin into the end zone, it would be a whole lot better. But I would still put him in as a flex spot uh, if you need some help in that spot. Finally, Brendan Ayuk against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Niners used him in a multiple different ways. Uh, had 70 receiving yards, had 30 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. So uh, if you have Brandon Ayuk, would you consider him this week? Oh, he's such an exciting player that I, I, I'm i leaning towards it. But again, I, I feel like unless – I don't want to do anything where I'm benching Terry McLaurin for him. Even though I have Terry McLaurin as a sit, I still feel like he's going to be – more prominently featured, and maybe this will end up blowing up in my face and you can pull the tape and be like, Rank, you're a clown, told you. But unless, you know, unless I have a dire need at the running at the wide receiver position, excuse me, I'm probably not going to be starting Brandon. How about you? I I think I'm probably not. I definitely want him on my roster. I want to hold on to him because I liked seeing how Kyle Shanahan used it. They obviously have a plan for him to get him the football. The other thing about it is I just wonder, and I know we've said this the last couple of weeks, is George Kittle coming back? I mean, they, they have gotten away from the Meadowlands and that turf that they have cursed so badly. Uh, I think they're back home on, on regular grass. So I think maybe there's a chance that they, they get George Kittle back in there, which maybe completely changes the way they use Ayuk. But I think the, I think the future is bright for him. So it's worth having him on your roster. Unless you really are in need, though, at wide receiver, this might not be the best week to uh, to start him. But uh, I know you – I mean, look, you I knew you were a fan of Pac-12 after dark, so you saw plenty of Brandon Love him. Uh, at Arizona State. I'm sort of a sun devil anyways. Yeah, that's true. You are sort of an uh, – our pal Will Selva from Good Morning Football, I think, has dubbed you an honorary sun devil. Uh, so, yeah, you got that going for you. <laughs> anyway, uh, what we got for going for us is that the show's over. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.